Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. All right, all right. Settle down, settle down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let's give it up for the BAM. That's Groucho Marx and the Random Variety Show players. They get better every week. Yeah. Hello. How are you? Thanks so much for... Well, I can't really say tuning in. Well, I guess it is a form of tuning in. Uh... You know, you download it or stream it, and you got to go find it. So you're tuning into the podcast, Uh, whatever you want to call it. Bottom line, thanks for being here. Um, Happy December, everybody. It's uh, early December 2014 here in, uh, well, uh, (laughs) most of the world, I guess. I was going to say San Diego, California, where I live. But I guess it would be just about anywhere and let, you know. Except that international dateline, which, you know, just messes up everybody's dates. I never gave it a call after uh, the first one. Yeah, of course, I'm going to add a sound effect there because that's just me. All right, all kidding aside. Hi, I am Sabrina Miller, and this is Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. Thank you so much for being here. Episode 11. But episode eleven, how exciting! I'm I'm excited. It's it's nice to feel the uh, the momentum is I guess is the best way to say that. As I've been putting together uh, the well the episodes, you know, nine, ten, eleven. Now it's it's uh, I can really get a sense of 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 well momentum from just the responses on the Facebook page, from uh, the 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 internal feeling I get when I do it. Um, it, uh, which is kind of hard to, exc- uh, to, uh, describe and explain, but, um, yeah, it's, I just, momentum is the best way I can say that. And I'm telling you all this because you're part of it. You make it happen without you. Well, it'd be kind of just, well, really, really one-sided. So I ultimately just thanks for being there. Now, if you are joining us for the very first time, first, hey, thanks so much. Um, I don't know what brought you here, but I hope you stick around and, uh, you know, listen to some of the past episodes or, you know, if you just, you know, trudge forward with us, welcome aboard. And if you're a returning uh, listener, hey, uh, what, what can I say to you guys except thank you so much for coming back? It's, well, as I just mentioned, you guys make the show happen. It, you're the other side of the show. So thank you. <laughs> All right, this show is uh, kind of going to be more of a fun, lighthearted one, if you haven't guessed it by now, <laughs> um, only because, uh, well, the last couple have been fairly serious, fairly heavy on, on the topics and, and how they, how they uh, connect with me. And so I wanted to, to bring up something a little more lighthearted. We're getting ready for the, you know, or we're in the midst of the holiday season here in, uh, here in America. And so... Uh, you know, why not just enjoy it for a little bit is my thought. So 
This episode is going to be about my previous podcast uh, called The Random Variety Show. And uh, I, I don't know if any of you, you know, when I said last week what's coming next, if you, you know, took a chance and Googled it or, you know, if you looked into it or not. Uh, so I'm going to assume that nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and if it's something you already know, consider yourself blessed or cursed. It, I don't know, however you want to look at it. Um so well, where should I start? Um, I got a, you know, I got a list as I always do when I record, but um, I'm just trying to think of the best way to start this whole big topic process. Because I know a lot of listeners from the Random Variety Show are now listening to this show. So you are going to know the answers before, you know, I, or the story as I start to tell it anyway, because I've mentioned it on the show. So I'm sorry if you get bored, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach it in a much different style than the Random Variety Show. And I think... <laughs> for you longtime listeners, you know, from my previous show that are here now, thanks, guys. You know, you know from the bottom of my heart, I love it that you're here. But um, it's, uh, I'm going to be a little more, you know, in-depth about the emotion behind the show is really why I wanted to talk about it. So let's just start about the title. Uh, the title wasn't the first thing. Title was probably uh, one of the very last things I thought of after I thought of the content and what I wanted the show to be, but I'll start with the title because, you know, that's how I refer to it, Random Variety Show, or the RVSP, which is the Random Variety Show podcast. So, sorry for popping my peas there, folks. Um, so, w as I was putting the content together, I started jotting down, okay, well, let's see, I got a lot of stuff that's random, or I'm, and this is as I'm planning it. I haven't recorded anything at the time. I kind of maybe recorded a couple things. And and I'm so I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep it random. And then I had to think about, well, what exactly is random? Because you don't want to repeat stuff, but in the sense of a show, you can't be totally random. you got to have a through line. you got to have a thread that connects everything, or else it is just haphazard um, craziness. And it, there's a time and a place for that, and that's just not my style. So anyhow, um, so I threw down the word random. And then I and then I was thinking, well, it's going to have variety, and and that's because of who I was wanting as guests. It was a, a very guest centric show, uh, that was, which was ultimately the reason I put it together. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. And so then I got to show random variety show, and 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 I felt very strongly that it was a show. It wasn't just a podcast. It wasn't just a talk show. It wasn't just, you know, something like this even where it's me most of the time. And when I can get somebody else on, I'm going to because I know listening to one person over and over and over and over and over again can get a little monotonous, a little boring. And which is why I'm having a show like this right now. So it keeps it a little more entertaining and interesting. <laughs> That's me. And so I was very emphatic about, you know, having it be considered a show, a variety show. And then almost by like magic um p for podcast uh came down on on the uh in my mind or on the list or whatever it was and so as i was looking uh and this was written as a list number one random number two variety number three show and so as you look down the first letter of each word it's r v s and then the p just kind of popped right in there and play on you know r r s v p and uh and so i said that's it that's it. And it was in that moment that I came up with the, the slogan that I have for the show. There's no need to RSVP for the RVSP. Uh, just subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or I used to say. So, so that's kind of how that all came together as the title. But 
how did the show come together? Well, I had been listening to podcasts for roughly, oh, at about probably about a year and a half when I said, I have to do this. I have to podcast. My creativity is just bubbling and I have to do something. What the hell can I do? And at that point, I was listening to a lot of the, um, the House of Works podcasts. Um, I think those were some of the first podcasts I found. Uh, I was listening to uh, old-time radio podcasts where they rebroadcast old-time radio shows. Some of, the, some of the podcasts I listened to actually spoke about the show, kind of a little commentary before and after. And some didn't. Some just replayed it. Some didn't didn't even have an intro to their actual program. And then some did. It was real short, you know, a minute. And they're like, hey, thanks for listening to the, you know, old-time radio show podcast here, blah, 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 blah. Today we have this old-time radio show that we're going to play for you. And here we go. You know, and then that's it. <laughs> and then others didn't even have that. So so that was a lot of the stuff I was listening to. Um there was a, there's one podcast called uh, Music from 100 Years Ago. And if you like music from basically 1900 to 1950, check it out. Uh, Bryce Fuquay is the uh, host, um, owner, <laughs> I guess, producer. And he puts on a great radio show. It's a, it's a fantastic radio show. He fills you in on tidbits about whatever theme he's playing with. And it's... Uh, it's just wonderful to, to learn and have something different to listen to. So that's, I'll throw that out there. Um, oh gosh, what other shows do I li- did I listen to? I, I bounced around so much. There was so many shows out there that, um, after a while, they all kind of see, they all kind of seem the same. You know, there was going to be two or three people, um, sitting around talking about whatever the topic was at the time. And it could be interesting. It could not be interesting. Um, some had a focus, some had a point, some had a, you know, segues and things like that, just, you know, but they were basically all the same, a, a talk show. And I realized, well, uh, a talk show is a great, m- you know, medium to choose to do in a, in a podcast atmosphere, but there's so many of them that it's that particular style is, is saturated. And and then there was solo shows like, um, Greg Proops, um, Tom Wilson, um, uh, 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 Larry Miller, um, uh, kind of a variety show, uh, where the, the host is solo most of the time. Sometimes he has co-hosts and things, but the host himself is solo most of the time. Um, and that is, uh, uh kind of a clip show and that's Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast and Mark Hershon, uh, who have I befriended through the podcasting world. And I feel honored and blessed to have, uh, uh, crossed paths with him. Um, uh, uh, his clip show is great. He clips, uh, other comedy shows and, and other interesting tidbits of, of stuff. And, and he's got, uh, like I said, guest co-hosts and sometimes he has a, uh, a friend come on, uh, kind of a, 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 bl- a drunk, uh, booth announcer, which is just fun, campy, uh, have a good time stuff. And I think that's one of the things I like about that show. And so those are the shows that I was listening to. And I was trying to think of what the hell can I do? Um, oh, and since we're dropping names for shows, Don't Quit Your Daycast by Ed Wallach, which is a solo show. And again, he has guests on or uh, different topics. He's kind of political. Um, funny guy. He's, he's actually working towards 
um, breaking into stand-up. Uh, most of it is due to his schedule, family life schedule and such. And I think in the next, oh, I don't know, a year-ish, he's really going to try to give it a good stab. At least that's my kind of knowledge. I don't really know for 100%. Um, his show's great. Don't quit your day cast. And then um, another one is Destination Asphyxiation by Tom Beavis. But I think he's actually kind of going to wrap that show up. Um, I flipped through a bunch of the shows on the uh, uh, is that uh, the the Pod Gods Network, which is part of Adam Barker uh, and his network of shows. He's got a lot of stuff. He, he's he's out of Europe, but a lot of the shows are well from all around the world. And um, and so you know, I realized that there were so many shows. There's no way I'm going to be listen be able to listen to them all. So I started to select and choose which episodes I would listen to. And, um, oh, The Nerdist. I totally forgot. I listened to The Nerdist as well <laughs> with uh, uh, Chris Hardwick. And because um, really he, he does so many shows that uh, sometimes there's people I just don't know about and just don't care to, to spend oh, an hour and a half-ish usually to listen to. And it's not because I, I don't like what they have to say or anything like that. It's because I'm so behind on my listening. As of right now, early... Well, late November, early December 2014, I am listening to shows that were podcast shows that were published in late June, early July of 2014. So I'm basically five to six months behind in my listening, and that's due to being a parent and wanting to podcast and just, you know, trying to find time to, to listen to shows. And so I, you know, I know shows are longer than others, and I peck through them a little bit here, a little bit there, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Sometimes I feel blessed when I'm able to listen through a whole show. <laughs> so I'm still out there listening. It's just not as active as it was when I first started podcasting. So as I was listening to all these shows, trying to figure out what the hell kind of show I was going to do, that's when it came up to be a variety show. And and I was thinking back to the old, you know, uh, uh just lost his name. Ed Sullivan, uh, Merv Griffin, uh, Carol Burnett, um, uh, the t parts of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson when he would do sketches and skits and things, or they'd have people on that would be doing that. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of shows from the 60s, 70s, early 80s that did that. And, that, and that's, that's, that's my youth. That's what I was exposed to growing up. And so I, I have a have a connection kind of a passion for that that form of entertainment so that's why i was thinking variety show and uh as i was putting that together i realized wow if i really want to do a you know variety show that's a lot of writing and a lot of trying to figure out different voices or different scenarios and things like that and i said well i don't think it's going to be like the carol burnett show where everything was scripted and then they went off script <laughs> but <laughs> i i realized no i i can't i don't have the time to do that so what will I do? And f after, you know, trying to figure things out and, you know, boil things down and, you know, get an idea, run with it, realize, no, that's going to be too difficult. Oh, no, no that's going to be too hard. Or then you change the idea as you're thinking about it. And so finally, after, <sighs> I'd say roughly six months, because it was an on and off process, Roughly six months through the year of two, uh, 2011, which I, I don't know, I would say probably around June, uh, May, June of 2011 
till uh, December of 2011 is when I really put the mind power into it. But it wasn't every day. It was on and off for a while. Let something sit and digest and go through my brain and whatever. So roughly after that time, I, I figured out exactly, you know, what I was going to do with the show. And it was in late November, early December when I recorded and edited, well, basically the, the foundation of the show. And the premise was this. Uh, I, as the host, would come out and say, hey, thanks for being here, and then talk about something, what I considered the uh, random segment. And it was just a, a chance to fill the audience in on what's been going on in my life or a commentary about what, something I saw or heard or thought about or, or whatever it was. And it was a good, it was a nice little section. I enjoyed it because I could do whatever I wanted to. And since it was uh, the time I became a new, a brand new parent, uh, I shared a lot of those stories. And so it was, it was nice to, to get that out and, and just other, other things that were going on. And then the, the reason for the show, um, you know, the reason the the audience is supposed to be tuning in and listening is uh, based on the premise from the first episode or second episode, I don't quite remember. Um, I was, then this is the history. This is the history backstory I created for the show. I was surfing the internet, you know, tooling around on Skype, trying to find people to talk to, to have on my podcast. And out of nowhere, lo and behold, I find the disembodied voice of Groucho Marx. And so Groucho and I have a conversation and there's some banter and jokes and such in between. And ultimately at the end, Groucho agrees to do my show for me so I wouldn't have to. And it was just a lot of fun to put together. And so I got guests on that were friends of mine, people I worked with uh, theatrically, um, people I met through the internet other podcasters, um, uh, Mark, I mentioned Mark a minute ago, uh, or a few minutes ago, he was a guest on there. Um, and, and it was, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of work, a lot of work because after the whole thing was recorded is when I would go back and add sound effects as if there was a live band, uh, punching up jokes and buttons and things. I mean, this, you know, the, the type of thing you'd find if Groucho was the host of a talk show. And the whole premise was to talk up whoever the guest was to give them exposure. Because ultimately, when somebody sees an interview with somebody, no matter who it is, unless it's a special Barbara Walters or, you know, a special something, you know, designed for that person. But I'm talking a news interview or a quick, hey, thanks for coming out. What do you have to say about things like that? You know, oh, you're a musician. Tell us about you. You know, that you, you never get a chance to really hear them, talk to them, get to know them. So I interviewed musicians, actors, photographers, uh, things like that. And it gave you a chance to really understand their particular thoughts on things. And it was all done with Groucho, uh, the, the voice I did. And for, for to hear the voice, go, go back and listen to, I think it's episode four or five, The Voices in My Head. Um, that's the title of the episode. Go back and listen to that. I talk about all about my voice, <laughs> and I do a little sample. Of, well, not a little, a medium-sized sample of of my Groucho voice. So, um, go go ahead and take 
take time to listen to that to to really understand what I'm talking about with when I say my Groucho voice. And so um, there was the foundation. Uh, I I had played that. I had edited that conversation where there was you know me as me and me as Groucho. So of course I got to throw that in this episode. <laughs> I was teasing you. Why would I not? Why would I not talk like Groucho? So uh, Groucho would come in and he would be the one that would actually interview people. And when he interviewed people, he just he just took gaze to them. He would he would you know no hold was bad. He would just shoot them. And so uh, so there I was helping out helping out the host. So that was the foundation, and and, uh, and then I, there was listener feedback, which I think every podcast should have, and just, you know, it was just a good time, fun show, and because I wanted it to be a fun show, I made it, um, uh, oh, I can't think of the word right now, um, this podcast is explicit, that one had parental um guidance and uh didn't allow profanity i I bleeped out profanity or cut it out or whatever i did with it but it didn't happen and so um just because i wanted people to have a family show to listen to and it was such a fun thing to do um the problem was is i really didn't understand in the beginning how heavy the, the editing would be at the end the ideas to do it were great and the people trying to get people was kind of tough but um, the people I got were fantastic, and they're, and I'm still kind of friendly with most of them. I mean, it's great. <laughs> I made friends, um, if they weren't already my friends. And so um, it just it, it got to be, instead of just a fun little side thing, hobby to do, it became a really big chore. And like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, it, it happened during the time I became a dad. And so it just really threw everything first time father. And so it really threw a monkey wrench into it. And I got so behind on it and became, it became work that I, I just, I just buried myself so deep and then being a dad, you know, stay at home, dad. Uh, if you've never done it, I think you can still appreciate it. Um, it takes its toll. And so, uh, it just kind of went to the wayside and then just as I was really starting to get back into it for the creative release, because I love that creative release, which is why I did the show. Um, uh, right at that time is when I seriously started thinking about my gender identity, which was in uh, 2013. Um, it was uh, probably I started really seriously thinking about it and it crept in around February, March. Because by August, September 2013, I came out to myself. October, or, or excuse me, September is when I came out to my wife, which in previous episodes you've heard. So it all kind of happened all at the same time. And it's not that I didn't want to do the show. It's just I, it wasn't the main passion. In fact, I still, part of me wants to go back and do it again. But then I still got the work of the heavy editing and finding people and who are we going to talk to and what are we going to talk about and things like that. So it's work, but it's a labor of love. So I'm pretty darn sure it'll eventually come back. But for right now, I, it's, uh, it's on hiatus. And this is the first I've spoken about the show since I stopped doing it. In fact, I don't even remember the last show I did. It was around April or May. That's my best guess. So now, uh, you're probably, if you haven't Googled it while I'm talking, how do I find the show? Okay, well, 
in the time that I took my hiatus, the website went down because uh, I changed credit cards and you know whatever. Long story, you know, it happens with the bank, and so it didn't automatically renew. So the feed was basically disconnected from uh, where I had it connected, iTunes and Stitcher. Well, I, I got the website going up again, and for some reason, iTunes can't be found. It is available on Stitcher, and uh, I went back and personally looked and started each episode, so I heard the beginning of each episode. Um, so all episodes are available on Stitcher, and that makes me happy because in the past, Stitcher only kept the first 10 episodes, or the uh, first 10 most recent episodes. And so to find out that all episodes, because I got 40-something, 40 45 or 46 or something episodes out there, actual episodes published, don't, <laughs> don't worry about the numbers. The numbers was just a crazy thing. I had season one, season two. It was a different year and whatever. It's, it's something silly I was trying to do, again, to be a show versus um, a typical podcast. But yeah, it was a learning curve, and it was a beautiful learning curve because now on this show, I know how how to attack the show and and do the show in the most timely manner and get what I want to say out. So it was a great learning experience, and like I said, I love the show. It was a labor of love. But to find the show, randomvarietyshow.com dot com is the website that I pay for, and so you can find it there. Um, like I said, Stitcher. The Facebook page is still active, uh, only because I haven't stopped it, <laughs> but I don't really use it. Um, I'll probably post this particular episode on that page just because I'm talking about the show, and I, I know there's got to be fans out there wondering what happened, even though they're not saying anything. Uh, that's how you can find the show, and it all comes back to me, so nobody else was involved. If you're if you're up for it, go check it out. If not, don't worry about it. Not going to hurt my feelings. It's just what my previous podcasting experience entailed and like i said it was heavy edit and i loved it it was fun the feedback i got was great like i said a lot made a lot of new friends through podcasting because of the show made a lot of new friends because they were guests of the show learned some new bands got some you know in touch with some great music i mean it was wonderful um and then some not so great music and not so interesting people but it just that's life <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going to find in life. So the show absolutely reflected life. So, um, yeah, like I said, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and only because I want to share some stuff from it, some pieces that really meant something to me. Um, I'm going to share a couple uh, snippet clips that I did as um, then just part of the show. And it's it's all me with some sound effects. But these two pieces, these two poems, essentially are uh, two pieces that mean a lot to me. And the first one is uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. And the second one, I don't have the name of the author in front of me or the, the story of it, but the name of it is The Face on the Barroom Floor. Google that, you'll find it. Um, there's a Wikipedia article on there that lists the, 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 the poem, poem. There's other websites that are dedicated to the poem and the history of it. So it's, it's quite an in-depth thing. Uh, but the reason these two are, um, uh, close to me, important to me, uh, the poems themselves is because they were pieces that my father gave to me. Uh, as, as I, when I was growing up, I, I, on my 18th birthday, my father gave me a stack of, uh, uh, printed 
printed out poems that he framed in picture frames. And they hung, I still have them in storage somewhere, and they hung on all the walls I lived at for 10-something, 15 years. Almost, oh, just shy of 15 years. And so uh, they mean a lot to me. And there, there's like six of them, five or six of them. And these two are the ones that really stuck out in my memory. Uh, the others, uh, one is Shakespeare's, uh, a, a thing from Shakespeare that I can't quite remember right now, um, from Hamlet. And um, I, I can't remember anything else. I mean, that's, those are the three that stand out. And one only kind of half stands out. Oh, Shakespeare, Hamlet, okay. Um, but these two stand out. And so uh, the first one up is The, the Raven. And um, uh, I threw it into the, uh, to the Random Variety Show to introduce uh, another voice, character voice, other than my own that you're listening to now, and Groucho. And so I called him, um, uh, he was British, and so I named him uh, Sir Reginald Johnson Walker III, um, only because it sounded funny at the time. <laughs> um, and so uh, here is the Raven with me doing British and Groucho uh, telling the tale. And I'll catch you at the end. Upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over a many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as if someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this, and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember... It was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow from my books a cease of sorrow. Sorrow for the lost Lenore. For the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Nameless here, forevermore. 
and the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more.' Presently, my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore, but the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here, I opened wide the door. Darkness there. Nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wandering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortals ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore? 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 Merely this. And nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I. Surely, that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when with many a flirt and flutter in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obedience made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine of lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then... This ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven. Ghastly, grim, and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore, tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore. Quote the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast, upon the sculpted bust above his chamber door, with such a name as nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on that placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing further than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, Other friends have flown before. On the morrow he shall leave me, as my hopes had flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock in store, Caught from some unhappy master, Whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster, Till his songs one burden bore, Till the dirges of his hope, That melancholy burden bore of never, never more. 
the raven, still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled the cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er? She shall press... Ah, nevermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer swung by seraphim, whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God had lent thee, by these angels he had sent thee respite, respite and nepenthe, thee from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore, quote the raven. Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempest sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quote the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if, within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Quote the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend. I shrieked, upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of the lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quote the raven. <coughs> Nevermore. <coughs> and the raven. Never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted.
was the Raven. Now, coming up, we have Face Upon the Barroom Floor. And because I knew I had to stop and edit this together, I got a chance to look up the author. John Henry Titus, uh, written in 1872. And then it was adapted by Hugh Antoine de Arcy in 1887. And I know I butchered those names, but, you know, hey, it is what it is there. Um, you can find... You can find more information on it uh, through Google, of course, or your favorite search engine. You don't have to use Google. Um, I just find it the most uh, responsive for what I need. Um, But you can find it. The face upon the barroom floor. And again, it's the same two voices um, telling the tale. um, And a few other voices I threw in there, actually, telling the tale of the face upon the barroom floor. And so it starts off kind of softly. And... uh, Imagine uh, kind of riding into town, or you know, you're you you happen to be a third third eye, third ear, listening to somebody arriving on horseback through town and stumbling into uh, a tavern and telling his tale. So, I'll catch you at the end. was a balmy summer evening, and a goodly crowd was there, that nigh well filled Joe's barroom at the corner of the square. As songs and witty stories came through the open door, a vagabond crept slowly in and posed upon the floor. Where did it come from? Someone said. The wind has blown it in. What does it want? Another cried. Some whiskey, rum, more gin. Yeah, Toby, sick'em. If your stomach is equal to the work, I wouldn't touch him with a fork. He's as filthy as a Turk. This bandinage the poor wretch took with stoical good grace. In fact, he smiled as though he thought... He had struck the proper place. Come, boys, I know there's kindly hearts among so good a crowd. To be in such good company would make a deacon proud. Give me a drink. That's what I want. I'm out of funds, you know. When I had cash to treat the gang, this lad was never slow. (laughs) What? You laugh as though you think this pocket never held a sou. I once was fixed as well, my boys, as any of you. There. Thanks. That's braced me nicely. God bless you one and all. Next time I pass this good saloon, I'll make another call. Give us a song. A Can song. you sing a Bring song? Bring us a song. What? Sing a song. Give us a song. Give you a song? No, I can't do that. My singing days are past. My voice is cracked, my throat's worn out, and my lungs are going fast. I Give me another whiskey and I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you a funny story, and in fact, I'll promise, too. 
that I was ever a decent man? Not one of you would think, but I was. Some four or five years back. Say, give me another drink. Fill her up, Joe. I want to put some life into this old frame. Such little drinks to a bum like me are miserably tame. Five fingers, that's the scene. And corking and whiskey, too. Well, here's luck, boys. And landlord, my best respects to you. You've treated me pretty kindly, and I'd like to tell you how I came to be this dirty sap you see before you now. As I told you once, I was a man with muscle, frame, and health. But for a blunder, ought to made considerable wealth. I was a painter, not one that daubed on bricks or wood, but an artiste. And for my age, I was rated pretty good. I worked hard at my canvas in bidding fair to rise, and gradually I saw the star of fame before my eyes. I made a picture, perhaps you've seen. It's called The Chase of Fame. It brought me 1,500 pounds and added to my name. It was then I met a woman, now come the funny part, with eyes that petrified my brain and sank into my heart. Why don't you laugh? It's funny that the vagabond you see could ever have a woman and expect her love for me. But it was so, and for a month or two her smiles were freely given. And when her loving lips touched mine, oh, I thought I was in heaven. Boys, did you ever see a gal for whom your soul you'd give with a form like Venus de Milo, too beautiful to live, with eyes that would beat the Coney Noir and a wealth of chestnut hair? If so, it was she. For boys, there never was another half so fair. I was working on a portrait one afternoon in May of a fair-haired boy, a friend of mine who lived across the way. My Madeline admired him, and much to my surprise, she said she'd like to know the lad who had such dreamy eyes. She didn't take long to find him. Before the month had flown, my friend had stolen my darling, and I was left alone. And ere a year of misery had passed above my head, that jewel I treasured so had tarnished and was dead. That's why I took the drink, boys. Why, I never see a smile. I thought you'd be amused, boys, and laughing all the while. Why, what's the matter, friend? There's a teardrop in your eye. Come, laugh with me. Ha ha, ha ho, ha he. It's only babes and women that should cry. Say, boys, if you give me another whiskey, and I'll be glad, I'll draw right here a picture of the face that drove me mad. Give me that piece of chalk with which you mark the baseball score. You shall see the lovely Madeline upon the barroom floor. Another drink, and with chalk in hand, the vagabond began to sketch a face that might well buy the soul of any man. Then, as he placed another lock upon that shapely head, with a fearful shriek, he leapt and fell across the picture, dead. 
that space upon the barroom floor. All right. Um, so that was uh, that's my podcasting history right there. If you, if you give Random Variety Show a listen, I thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, if you don't, no hard feelings. <laughs> Believe me. Um, it's It's all good. And uh, you're listening to this one. I can't really ask for more. And, uh, oh, I know what I wanted to say. If you really prefer to use iTunes, since it isn't available in their, in their uh, store, when you search their store, you can go to randomvarietyshow.com. And I, I apologize for not remembering where on the website it is. I believe it is, you know, scroll down a little bit somewhere on the left-hand side. You should find the RSS feed link. And it's that uh, orange... Uh, square kind of button with uh, like a signal coming out of it, uh, a little dot in the left-hand corner moving out towards little arcs uh, towards the right. That's the uh, universal uh, icon for uh, RSS feeds. If you take that feed and go into iTunes, and this is on your desktop, of course, uh, uh, go into iTunes, uh, and then somewhere on the like the file pull down menu or one of the pull down menus, you'll find subscribe to feed, subscribe to podcast, uh, something like that. Find, find that particular uh, link and then put the RSS feed from my website into whatever they ask. They're going to ask for a URL. That's where the feed URL goes. And iTunes will do the rest. It'll uh, down uh, bring it to your uh, desktop, download it for you, and there you go. Listen to it that way. Uh, if you use the um, iTunes podcast app, I, d- I can't help you there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I do believe that those two are synchronized between your desktop and the phone. But I'm not an IT guy. I just happen to use an iPhone and a Mac, so that's well I i can use it (laughs) anyhow um that's the easy workaround for itunes if you're really interested in going back and listening um and if not stitcher has him has them all and the only the only benefit uh to not doing stitcher is that they flatten their audio to reduce the style the file size which i can respect because they do so much um but you lose some audio quality when you do that so if you're into audio quality, which I kind of happen to be, just a little bit at least, um, I prefer the direct download from uh, from iTunes. So, um, or the, the URL feed, actually. So that's that. And um, let's see, uh, do I have any notes for secondary topic? I do. Hey, I do. Um, uh, over the last uh, couple weeks, uh, my wife and I went and saw a movie. And now, that may not seem like anything to you folks, but it is a big deal for uh, Rebecca and I because, well, uh, it's not that we're busy people, but uh, we're parents to a young toddler, two-year-old, and that takes up time. But also, we're, we, we, we don't like the, the crowded, loud movie theater. We're, we're kind of picky quote-unquote picky in how we enjoy our seeing our movies we like them uh you know relatively you know not not too soft where you're wondering what's they're saying and what's going on but not too loud where your ears hurt after you've seen the show um plus we don't really particularly care for crowds i don't because anytime i've gone to the movies and there's a crowd it seems to be unnecessary talking going on and i miss half the movie anyway so that's why i don't really like it and then, you know, gender dysphoria, and I just don't like a lot of crowds being in crowds sort of thing. So, uh, that's my thing. Um, 
So we found this wonderful little theater here, uh, close by to where we live, where it's a t- it's an old converted movie theater, um, redone. It's beautiful. There's only four, three screens, um, average size movie screens, not the huge, you know, IMAX screens, but the um, seating room in these theaters is is tiny. It's like thirty or less. And so, I mean, yeah, you don't get a lot of uh, business that way, but hey, t- re- t- ticket prices are reasonable, and it was you know, a great, wonderful theater-going experience. And so Rebecca and I saw the movie St. Vincent with Bill Murray, and I can't think of anybody else offhand that was in that, but the whole cast was amazing. And so I highly suggest it. And since Rebecca and I don't go out to the movies, we really try to select a, a movie we're going to enjoy, at least from a, a trailer or what we read online, um, to to really select what uh, what we're going to go see. Because we don't do it often. We don't have a lot of time to do it. So we, we really want to enjoy whatever we're go, about to go, you know, waste oh, three hours or so on. And it ended up being just a lovely experience. And so if... Uh, if if you're looking for kind of a tear jerking, um, down to earth reality based uh, comedy, I mean it's <laughs> life's comic moments in itself. Um, it, it beautifully done, beautifully done all around from all the stars, and that's uh, my little suggestion there. And then I wanted to say, um, I realized this way after the fact, so I couldn't get it into episode ten, so I'm recording it now. Um, <laughs> I realized after the fact that uh, the way I referred to uh, or how I referred to a, a chest in episode episode nine may have been taken the wrong way. Maybe could have been taken the wrong way by some people. So I, if I offended anyone, please know I never meant anything like that. It, it's just I, I was trying to have fun, enjoying myself, making fun of myself. And uh, uh, just just poking fun at the whole uh, thing. So if you were offended by the way I use the word boobs instead of breast or mammary gland or whatever other alternative words you you know can be used, I apologize. I never meant to offend anyone. It was just a way to get things out, my story out. Um, so <laughs> uh, I realized that, you know, I should have said it at the end of the episode, but I was sick and I knew it wasn't feeling well. I recorded 9 and 10, like two days apart, so there wasn't a lot of time for me to really listen to anything happening in number 9 to apologize for in number 10. So here we are in number 11. And so... If that happened, I don't think it did because I really didn't get any emails, but if it happened and you're sticking around for episode 11, well, well thank you. <laughs> thank you for, for being here again. But also, please realize I didn't mean anything by it. All right, moving on to the 30-day challenge. This is number two because last episode was number one. So number two, the question is, how did you choose your name, and what names were you thinking about using, and why? Um, well, I really hate to say this, but I put a whole episode into my name. <laughs> episode 6, uh, my name is Sabrina. Go listen to it, and, and you'll find out a lot of the reason why I use Sabrina. 
But just so if you're not in the mood to go back and listen or think I'm taking a shortcut and making you work harder to go back and listen to it, I'm not. It's just I spent like 30 minutes, I think, the whole episode runs. So I spent 15, 17 minutes on my name. So quickly in a nutshell, um, I did use other names. I don't remember them. Tiffany, Jennifer, something like that. Uh, the, the remake of the movie Sabrina came out and a girl I was seeing at the time suggested Sabrina. And when she did, I went, yes, that's it. And so ever since then, and I think the movie came out in 92 ish or something like that, maybe a little later, maybe not. Anyway, it was right after the movie happened. Uh, it's Sabrina stuck with me ever since. So there's the Reader's Digest version of episode number six, if you really don't feel like listening. But I fill in a lot more of what was going on in my mind and thoughts and things like that and why I've stuck with it ever since then, um, close to 20 years. Uh, yeah, close to 20 years. So uh, go back, listen to episode six if you, to find out more information about why I chose my name. listener feedback time yay for listener feedback uh and i'm actually happy to say i've got a lot of listener feedback it's really uh, it's touched me so much how much uh reaction and response i'm getting from everybody out there and so if i don't mention you please know it's only because i overlooked it and i'm human it's not because i i didn't want to i wanted to include everybody because you're all just so wonderful and fabulous. So thank you. Um, again, no last names, just so everybody can keep that little bit of privacy out there. You know, you know who you're talking, who I'm talking about. You'll figure it out. Um, so we've got some new listeners and new likes on the Facebook page. Um, as of right now, when I'm recording this, we're at 77 likes, which is a big jump from the last time I really looked at it, which was 72, 74, something like that. So really happy about that. Thank you all so much for the new likes. Um, Caitlin G, you were one of them. Andy W, thank you so much. Uh, Hannah Marie N, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Ebony G, and Thomas S. Now, the unique thing with Thomas S, I believe I mentioned him in the past, um, and and I'm really interested in getting him on the show. He is just so down-to-earth and honest. It's, it's really nice and refreshing to find people like that. Um, his, uh, where he stands in the whole gender binary and not gender binary world out there, just so everybody knows where his point of view is coming from, he is a cisgendered uh, heterosexual male ally. There we go. <laughs> um, I mean, not to put a, t- a label on anybody, but that way it's, you know, black and white. This is where this, this person's coming from in his life. And uh, according to the stories we've shared, um, he's known a, a handful of transgendered people. And he has a newer friend who is just starting her transition. And so he's reaching out through the Internet and found this show to learn more about the beginning of transition. So Thomas, thank you so much for being a new listener and being uh, interactive. And um, yeah, I'd love to have you on the show to give us your thoughts of feelings, opinions, et cetera, et cetera, of where you're coming from in this crazy world as a, uh, 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 I got to look at my notes, cisgendered uh, heterosexual male ally. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, 
um, oh, and and Thomas actually left an, a message um, uh, either to me in email or or on my Twitter. Uh, he said, "Thank you so much for your candid on- for your candid honesty in your podcast." I want to be there for my friend and everyone else. And Thomas, yeah, uh, just by searching out information, you're already at least one or two steps ahead of uh, of anybody else that's your same status. Anybody else that's a cisgendered straight male, uh, even if they you know want to be an ally, you're already knowing more information only because you're searching for it. Um, I'm glad you're an ally. You're proactive. That's that rocks. Uh, oh, we got a new iTunes review. It happened on November 18th. Uh, the username is GoodyMom1. So, GoodyMom, thank you so much for this wonderful five-star rating. Uh, her review was smart and balanced. Sabrina tells her own story in a way that doesn't feel self-centered and is wonderfully easy to listen to. Balancing personal and community aspects of her topics, keeping a realistic view of her place in the world, and her process to achieve authenticity. This is an audio blog I'll be f- keeping an ear on. Uh, Goody Mom One, thank you. Wow. Uh, I, that was a very uh, wonderful, touching uh, uh, review. I, thank you. Um, I do. I do try to try to keep things balanced. That's just my point of view on things. And it, it, it makes it so much worth it when someone like yourself, a stranger, um, recognizes it. You know, hears what they hear and recognizes exactly what I'm trying to do. So. Thank you for recognizing it, and thank you so much for putting the time into reviewing it. And I mentioned her before. It was a new like on the Facebook page. Caitlin G. uh, sent me a a message through Facebook saying, I would love to hear the journey of finding the woman you are. I see so many trans go from male to ultra-feminine or female because they think that's what they are supposed to do. I know if I was born a guy, born a girl, I know I would have been a tomboy. I would love to hear what you have to say on this. Well, Caitlin, um, I actually, uh, quick and to the short to the point, I do agree with you. I would probably end up being a tomboy as well, only because I know what type of parents my my mother and father would have been, regardless of gender. I mean, they are it, it, late seventies for me. They would have. Uh, reinforced the the stereotypical gender roles. That was what was happening at the time. Some people were breaking them. Most were not. So yes, those certain typical things would have gone into it. But my mother fought to break those stereotypical traditional roles. So she wouldn't have really supported it. She would have wanted me to know it, but then would have encouraged me to do something other than whatever it was. Um, uh, my father, on the other hand, I'm sure he would have done a lot of the same things he did with me anyway, where we did pr- projects around the house, building things, gardening, camping, fishing, uh, seeing theater shows. Uh, we did a lot of things, a lot of great things, uh, growing up. So I don't see those things changing. I mean, they may have slightly, but there still would have been interaction in doing things that gave me a full gambit of a few well a fuel a full uh view of of this is what this is and this is what that is and you can find your own way and so even though i was kind of pushed more towards the typical male you know role models and things like that um i still was given a full rounded view of things cooking and cleaning and laundry and other you know more quote unquote uh, uh 
God, I hate this word, but it's easy to surmise it up. Woman's work. Uh, I hate it, but but you know exactly what I'm talking about now, and that's my point. <laughs> um, and I don't mean it to to be derogative. It's just easy to convey. Um, so so I had I had it all uh, in in growing up. So I don't think that would have changed for me. Um, other things would have, you know, how my sisters probably would have interacted. What um, what uh, extracurricular things I would have done at school. Um, not that it was sports heavy, um, but I'm sure I probably would have been encouraged more so to do something with, uh, drill team or, uh, uh, cheerleading or something like that because of the creativity behind it and the physicality behind it. Um, as well as the arts as I, you know, still pursued. Um, so I know for me, I would have ended up as a tomboy, but Caitlin, I know exactly what you're talking about. That stereotypical Oh, I'm going from a guy. I have to be ultra feminine. I need to have my nails done. I got to have my hair done. I got to have my uh, eyebrows waxed. I need to have my legs shaved. I need to have all these things. I need to have my makeup on all the time. I can't leave the house without it. And it's a process. And, and, and it's a process for everybody that goes through that feminine growth process of, of discovering from, from going, basically going from girl to 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 woman is the easiest way to surmise that because you look at all the young girls that are starting to play with makeup and different families you know do different times so you can't say an age but look at that they all go through that you know oh we're going to put blue or purple or red all over or black or you know the big red lips and the pink cheeks and i mean everybody everybody goes through that learning curve it's part of it and the beauty is, is it's, it's an ongoing learning curve because makeup styles change, uh, your your body changes, your style and tastes change. So you could change how you do things all the time, but there is that learning curve. Unfortunately, the older you are in life, you are not as accepting and um, able to bend with it, bend with the flow during that learning curve. And I think that's why a lot of people get upset or frustrated or well, there's so many different reactions, but I, that's one of the, the the things that happens with with older women. I mean, if 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 a if a woman and I mean a girl born woman designated female at birth person grew up had no questions about their gender, cisgender identifying, and and let's just you know keep keep this individual, this hypothetical individual, heterosexual. Okay, there we go. We laid out who this person is. For whatever reason, let's say that they were banned from using makeup until they were 18. Well, all their friends or most of their friends are probably going to have started playing with makeup and and uh, experimenting with makeup uh, 12, 13, if if not a little younger. And so there's five years difference right there that of, of the learning curve and the learning how to you know, apply it to yourself, make sure it feels good as far as how it's on, um, make sure to upkeep it during the day, they, all those things. They'd lost out on five years of that. So it may not take five years for this, you know, hypothetical 18-year-old person to learn, but it sure as shit's going to take at least six months to a year of, of actively thinking and working it out. So it's a learning curve. And the problem, I think, with a lot of uh, trans women who, you know, they, they flip the switch and they decide, yes, I'm going to transition. 
I think because for a lot, uh, I speak personally because this is kind of where I come from. And then from a handful of other trans women I know share the same type of uh, background. And then there's others that, that have never done anything uh, like I have. And I'll explain in a moment. So I know that there's a ton of different types of trans women out there with different histories. But it seems to me that most of them, at some point in their youth, dabble or or really dive into cross dressing, and I I mean the typical stereotypical cross dressing where the where the male puts on female clothes, because right now when I put on boy clothes I feel like I'm cross dressing. It's kind of weird that little flip switch, but it's cool. I'm enjoying it. A wonderful little thing to experience. Um, the biggest thing is when I put on shoes because <laughs> I usually wear the the heeled flip flops or a little heeled something. So when I when I put on the flat tennis shoes, I kind of go, "What the hell's happening here?" But but anyway, um, uh, since since most trans women have have done some form of cross dressing in their journey to discover themselves, um, I know speaking for myself and a few others I've actually communicated with through the internet on this, and, and since I, there's a few of us, I guarantee there's more of us. Um, when I did cross dress. I needed to make sure everything was perfect. Nails were perfect. Lipstick was perfect. Uh, at the time, false lashes, uh, as perfect as I could get. Um, wig, because I didn't have I didn't have longer hair at the time. It had to be just styled so and sitting just right. Um, legs had to be shaved. Um, I mean, it all had to be one hundred and ten percent perfect. No no slouching on anything i mean it was like i was getting ready for the prom every time i cross-dressed and i can look back i can look back now and laugh but i can also remember how much it meant to me to be perfect and i think it's in that that the dilemma that you brought up caitlin comes about where they finally decided that, yes, this is the life I want to leave. This is how I want to present myself. This is how I want to be known as this female. I'm, I'm now showing the world. I'm now being to the world. I think that somewhere in that self-discovery of coming out to yourself and then everybody else, I think that gets a little jumbled in what used to be um, a, uh, a special time, quote-unquote, for cross-dressing. It's now an everyday thing. And unless, you, unless you're a princess with servants or queen or royalty with servants, there is no way you could possibly, you know, be 100% perfect um, all the time. And if you can, wow, you are part of the lucky few. And, and, and wow, what a life I'd like to, to hear about. Um, but in reality, that doesn't happen every day. Not, not to people I know. But regardless of their uh, their uh, uh, gender identity, whether born a male, born a female, whatever their, their identity, if they identify as a female, nobody I know goes out, you know, looking to the nines every time. It's for special occasions, graduations, weddings, funerals, um, proms, uh, uh, other dances and social events that you do. Um, date night, if you're a couple, you know, things like that. That's what going to a theater show. I mean, just because I talked about it earlier, Rebecca and I didn't dress up, but we looked really cute and pretty. 
jeans and t-shirt pretty, but we still looked cute and pretty. Um, and it was a fabulous quick date, afternoon date. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> sorry, tangent. Um, so I think in the, in that process of, of choosing to transition they're they get lost in the thought process of, oh, I have to be this way every day because I was this way. I need to be this way to feel feminine enough. And it's a hard, hard, hard thing to realize. No, 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 no. It's not the, uh, <clears throat> it's not the, 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 the clothes or the makeup or the nails or, or whatever, the shoes, the hair, the wig, the whatever. It's not that that makes you. It's you that makes you. And all you're doing is finding, coming in touch with yourself, your inner self, and realizing it doesn't match the gender you were born as. And so you're doing what you need to do on a very personal level to feel comfortable with that, to feel balanced in your life. That's the word I love to use because there are so many different levels of being transgender. And the key, at least in my mind, is to find that balance within yourself. Um, there's no wrong answer. There's no, uh, you know, this is how it has to be. That's what I love about it. Everybody can be completely different, but still be the same. So I know I got way off on it on this, but Caitlin, I think somewhere in that, that mindset of no, no, I'm going to be a woman. This is how I have to be. It gets jumbled with what they're, uh, the girl in their head. You know, because we all strive to achieve to be that girl in our head that we've always wanted to be. And then you realize it, it, it you can be pretty damn close, but you, and maybe not 100%. And you just got to kind of learn to live with that and be okay with that. And I think when most people are okay with that, that's when the true happiness with themselves really starts to lie. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Um, but for me, it was just part of my process of growing up. Um, one of the things I realized through therapy, um, was that once I really started thinking about the thought of transition, which was in my early twenties, I think it was 24, 23, um, my brain, my subconscious has been working towards that ever since, which is why, and I mentioned this in the first few episodes, why the three major things when they happen in my life were just like light switches. Boom, boom, boom. When those three major events happened, by the time that third one happened, I was like, yeah, I need to do this. And then I spent six months checking myself out. Do I really want to do this? Do I have to do this? Do I want to do this? How can I do something else? And that's, that goes along the lines of finding balance. And when I finally discovered, nope, the balance is this, I need the transition, it was a weight lifted off my shoulders. And in the beginning, and I think Rebecca talked about this in her uh, episode the other day, uh, or the other day, the, the previous episodes, um, everybody has a learning curve. And you just have to learn how to go with it. You have to be open to it as well. Okay, so I think I rambled on enough about Caitlin's question there. Um, I got another, uh, and this is the last one, folks. <laughs> and I'll try to keep this as short as possible because um, uh, it's not as in-depth. <laughs> I'll say that much. This one comes from Christina K. Uh, it's about episode nine. And she says, uh, I loved episode nine. I'll tell you what, listening to episode nine was like listening to AM radio in the middle of the night. You're curled under your covers, earphones scanning the channels, and the transistor uh, on the transistor radio. 
Jeez, now I'm showing my age. LOL. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Christina, I understand completely. I did the same thing. <laughs> did the same thing. Uh, although I, I, mine was uh, an FM radio, FM AM radio, and so I scanned both. <laughs> but yeah, I had the headphones and under the covers. Uh, continuing on. Uh, reminded me of Gene Shepard shows here on the East Coast in the early 70s. Uh, if the name is unfamiliar, recall the guy narrating the Wonder Years. They patterned it after him. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that was a little before my time. A little before my time. I had uh, old-time radio re- uh, replays of, like, Dragnet and Shadow and other... Uh, I can't think of other titles right now. Now, uh, The Green Hornet. You know, those were replayed on the, on the radio stations around uh, the time I was growing up. And the Dr. Demento show as well. So thank you for uh, that compliment of sounding like a radio show. Um, I, I think you might want to listen to the Random Variety show. Uh, just just a hint based on what you just said. Um, continuing on, you wrote, um, you really touched on every girl's thoughts with the TV guide and the Parade Sunday ma- magazine insert. That, insert. That's what it is. Parade magazine. Bad. Thank you. <laughs> I knew I, I somebody would tell me what it was. Um, Christina continues on. I can still see the picture. How many others? Uh, so that's a question to everybody else out there. Did you guys see the same picture I described from episode nine with that ad? Apparently Christina did. Um, and then she continues, had it put in the exact same spot, bunk beds. Uh, wow. It's like uh, meeting a doppelganger. <laughs> um, I just think that underside of the bunk beds is just one of the easiest hiding spots for, for the, the quick young mind to think of. So um, that that part doesn't quite surprise me. It, the fact that it was the same ad, that surprises me. Christina continues on. Gynecomastia. Yes, you said it right. I don't know if you have ever talked to someone who had it. To answer the question, no. And I can understand the wanting of it. Yes, of being a trans woman yourself. Yes, you can. Um, uh, oh, you grew up with it. Um, she continues on. Uh, it varied from living an, a living nightmare. To a blessing for always having a little bit of feminine that only you could appreciate. Yeah, I'm sure that would be the, the case because I remember um, I wasn't the overweight kid in school, but I remember the nasty group of boys picking on the, the overweight kid in the locker room. And I can understand that. Uh, it sucks. I was picked on for other things, so I, I can relate. But yeah, no, I can sure, I'm sure it would cause embarrassment. So um, I'm glad now that it's paying off for you. Uh, Christina continues on saying, I know when you start HRT and this process happens to you, oh, the wonder of it, it's then you'll feel so in sync with who you really are. You see my low dose regimen and it's only been five months in the gynecomastia. Well, let's say I've picked up where I left off those many years ago when the testosterone started poisoning. Yeah, that's that's what happens when boys hit puberty. So it's a chance to finish off puberty from years long ago and get it right the first time. Or get it right this time. Well, I'm glad you can, Christina. Continuing on, looking forward to the episode 10, Laser, something I need to look into. Though have tried the epilator route. Wonder Works wonders for me. Painful at first, though. Take care. Best, you, best to you and the family. Thank you, Christina. Um, thank you for that compliment about the show. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, I'll say that again and sharing the fact that you, you know, grew up with kind of Kamastia and all that. Um, no, I never knew anybody. Um, I, I, I wanted to know somebody so I could talk to them about what it was like, 
But then I didn't really want it to happen until late high school, which was far past the embarrassment of the locker room sort of thing. So mine was a little weird timing. As far as uh, HRT, I am so looking forward to that. And uh, I'm looking forward to sharing that experience with all of you. Um, just to keep you up to date, I'm hoping that'll happen in the next five to six months. Um, as far as episode 10, Laser, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> it was the one right before this. And um, as far as epilating, I tried that, oh, 2002, 2003. So maybe some of the epilators have changed since then. But oh my God, it tore the shit out of my face. Tore the crap out of my legs. Tore the crap out of my arms. <laughs> tore the crap out of my face. And I said, nope, not going to use this. Um, I've, I've learned of other ladies that have used that as well on their face and my hats off to you power to you ladies. I, I hate pain and that is just a pain giver. So <laughs> no, thank you. And enjoy. It's all I have to say to that. Um, uh, however, I have plucked certain parts of my, my face before I started laser hair uh, removal. And once I'm done with laser hair removal, I do plan to continue on that because that's where I saw most of the results. And it's essentially the same as epilating, except instead of a device, you know, pulling on the hair, <laughs> you're doing it one at a time with a set of tweezers or a couple at a time with some tweezers. And that can be painful, but um, I noticed it reduced right away. Um, the first time was really painful, and then after that, everything got less and less. So um, I think that's going to be the route I go on, at least to start with. Uh, and that's all I have for listener feedback. Thank you so much, everyone, for doing that and getting back to me and the reviews and everything. It was awesome. And stick around through the end of the show. You'll listen, you'll hear how to get in touch with me so you can be mentioned in listener feedback. All right, next episode, my thoughts on the current trans movement. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I would just go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we would just go insane. And if we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everyone. Time for takeout. Wait, what? No. It's the outtakes. Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. Thank you. It's nice to be here. What's this about? A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. Ooh, sounds exciting. I better make get some popcorn and a soda and maybe a hot dog. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. Not only are we in double digits, but we're in... You know, double numbers of the same number. That's just sounds strange. I'm gonna, probably going to cut that out. Uh, this episode's going to be about all my previous show. Try that again. 
And so I called him, um, he was a British, British, can I speak? It's British. Let's try that again. A lot of episodes of, and now is Jimmy Bluffett. (laughs) No, Jimmy Buffett, not Bluffett. You've been listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2014 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening.